Hello, and welcome to episode 241 of SMARTS, which as we all know stands for... Stargirl Mentor Acquiesces Regulating Team Structures. Ooh, very good. Thank you. My name is Rudiger Q Podcaster, aka Trevor, and your name is... Julia Gulia of Internet Fame-Podcaster. Correct. So we don't have any news this week. Whoa. Summer doldrums are in full effect. Womp, 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 womp. Quite. So what, <laughs> so what was your comic of the week? So this week I picked Hellblazer, whatever the heck issue number it was. Seven? Seven! Oh, good number. Numerology, strong. Anyway, continue. Oh, wait. No, it's my turn. <laughs> it's like I picked it. And I told, you about, <laughs> I told you about this right away. Okay. So in order to stop stumbling around um, and finding words that I then, you know, regret, um, I took some time to write up why I liked it so much. So this continues the overall story of Constantine following the map the of the supernatural occurrences throughout the city. And this time it's a story told through the eyes of a mermaid who fell in love with a fisherman. And the framing, I thought, was really ingenious. So she doesn't want to fill us in. Um, sorry, we see what she doesn't what she doesn't see in order for us to be filled in on everything that's really happening, including old Constantine giving this loser fisherman a seashell that calls to her and controls the mermaid. I really liked it because of the themes that it explored. Um, They are very, very deep. Pun a little bit intended. (laughs) Um, Well, I like the theme that yet again, a stronger woman is being controlled by a pretty weak loser. I liked the theme that the weak fisherman is actually surrounded by willfully ignorant peers who bully him into subscribing to their bigoted views um, over time and exposure. I I like the fact that he has nobody else, really, so their good opinion becomes something he actually cares about, and therefore he is able to be converted to this bigoted view. And I like how his infidelity and inability to value the woman in his life is also a theme in there. And, of course, the inevitable horror element. So I just, I love the way that all of these themes are playing around in a comic. And it's just, it's really mind-blowing. It's a very, very um, rich and textured um, episode, <laughs> as it were. And so that's why I took some time to wrote it all, write it all up, because there's no way I could ever remember <laughs> all of that going on. But that's how I feel about it. So that's why I picked it for my comic of the week. Very good. What'd you pick? So I picked Suicide Squad number six. Um, I really enjoyed this one mostly for the humor. The Suicide Squad with their new members, uh, they're on the run. They end up in Gotham City and they run afoul of uh, weird criminals and Batman. And there's some funny Harley Quinn stuff. And Deadshot defends himself with a puppy at one point. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that was great. There's a funny scene at the end where the Batmobile gets stolen and Batman and Deadshot are sort of stuck in awkward silence. Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, it was was fun. It was fun and it was funny. The whole Joker um, actually soliciting... No, not soliciting. What am I saying? Recruiting one of them. One of the Harleys. Joker recruiting one of the Harleys. Oh, crap. Was that a different comic? It might have been a different comic. I'm not sure which one you're referring to. (laughs) No, I was thinking about... um, Oh, I don't remember, but she, she killed the mailman and she killed the ice cream truck driver who didn't have the flavor that she wanted. And then... Um, oh, no, you're thinking of the Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey one that we read. Oh, whoopsie. Sorry. That was a different one. Whoops. Sorry. Yeah. So that was why I liked that one. I don't have a lot to say about it. I just thought that I, I enjoyed the, the humor and the, the tone of it. It was pretty funny. Deadshot, Deadshot with the puppy was definitely funny because it was set up and then you don't think it's going to happen and then it does, which was great. Yes. Okay. So instead of a quiz this week, mm-hmm. I have a little activity. You've been teasing about this. I'm excited for yes. this. 
So this was a, something that occurred to me last week. This is something that you know everybody internet on the internet does sooner or later. Um, so I put together a list, and you can either, if you think you can come up with a similar one um, on the spur of the moment, you can. Otherwise, you can just sort of uh, pick apart mine and come up with your own next week. It's entirely up to you. Okay. But I thought it would be fun to assemble my dream Justice League lineup. <laughs> okay. So I limited myself to seven characters because any good Justice League lineup has Only seven has characters. Seven, yeah. Although Grant Morrison's GLI started with seven and went to 14, but that's a multiple of seven, so I feel like that counts. Okay. Um, although I kind of bend the rule slightly in one in one instance, so it's kind of more like seven and a half. Hmm. I also want to... Interceptor <clears throat> is best dog. I also want to include a little caveat, which is that although this is like the lineup that I would want to read about i'm not sure it's one they they should necessarily publish just because it's not very diverse mm -hmm. just because you know the characters that i ended that i grew up reading about tend to be the ones that are my favorites and a lot of them weren't you know there weren't a lot of you know gay characters yeah. in comics when i was growing up but i do feel like if i were to expand this seven to like nine or ten or twelve i would probably include mm -hmm. there should be like at least one probably more than one mm -hmm. non-straight character in the justice league there should be several non-white characters in the justice league but and there should be you know r roughly if not more you know half as many of the members should be uh not men either mm -hmm. you know either either female or you know whatever um but that's not really reflected in the lineup that i came up with just because these are you know what i mean this is sort yeah. of like mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's 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 a little it's you know it's it's tricky because so you're I saying didn't, didn't you want, talk a good game. Well, I didn't want to pad it with characters that aren't necessarily my top favorite characters or that, that whose dynamics with the people I did include, I wouldn't be as interested in reading about just for the sake of token diversity. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't think my lineup is very realistic as something that should be published because although it's like the one that I would want to read about in my head, I'm not sure it's one that that I would feel good reading about in the modern in the modern world because I'd kind of feel like it's not being representative enough. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's sort of a weird caveat that I just wanted to get out there. But. So why didn't you pick a Justice League of 14 characters then? Because then we'd be here all day. <laughs> and, I feel, and if you just start listing 14, then right. I don't know. Seven is, seven, the game is, at seven. seven okay. is the classic number. So I felt like that was a good constraint to operate under. Okay. Um, so, uh, so number one, Superman. I feel like you have to have, I feel like you have to have the big three in there. Mm. Superman, Wonder Woman, and So Superman, Batman. Wonder Woman, and Batman. But, um, as, as may or may not surprise you, I won't, I not including the uh, Bruce Wayne Batman, I'm including the Dick Grayson Batman, because everybody knows yes. that I love Dick Grayson as Batman. Um, and my one and a half for that is that I always thought it would be fun to see multiple... It was great in Grant Morrison's JLA when he had Batman and Huntress on the, and Oracle in the Justice League at the same time, but they, they were very different characters with very different skill sets. Mm -hmm. And Batman and Huntress, Huntress like didn't really like Batman very much and Batman was trying to sort of rein her in a little bit. Okay. Um, it wasn't really a very close relationship. I think it would be fun to have like two really close members of the Bat family in the Justice League at the same time. Mm -hmm. Just, I think it's, because I always like it when there's like little sub teams. Yeah. You know, like, like, like Green Lantern and Green Arrow or mm -hmm. Green Arrow and Black Canary. Like the way the team kind of like pairs off and they're like, you know, these, these two members always hang out together and now they're in a team together. So how did, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I always like that. So, my my caveat, the way my roster is seven and a half, is that I want, um, I would say like maybe the first the first story would have, um, Bat, uh, Dick Grayson, Batman, and Tim, mm -hmm. whether he's Robin or Red Robin, doesn't really matter, um, on the team at the same time mm -hmm. because I always enjoyed their relationship, the sort of big brother little brother thing, 
Um, and I think it would be really interesting to have them both on the team at the same time. And so my, my, my addendum, my one and a half would be, have it be Dick and Tim at the start, but then maybe have a th- thing where Dick agrees to be in the Justice League if he can use it as an opportunity to mentor younger members of the, of the Bat family and train them in the Justice League setting. So maybe each story would mm-hmm. have him me- mentoring a different younger Bat family member in the Justice League context. So the first arc could be Batman and Red Robin. Mm-hmm. The second arc, he could be looking at for spoiler or orphan or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in a Justice League setting, characters like that that you've never seen in a Justice League setting before, mm-hmm. that would have a lot of like, how does Superman relate to, you know, spoiler or orphan differently than he would relate to Dick Grayson or Tim Drake, who he's known for far longer, you know? Mm-hmm. So that would be my one and a half. That Batman would always sort of have a plus one mm-hmm. in the Justice League, but maybe it would rotate. And I just included Tim for the first one because he's my favorite. Um, so Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, with Batman being Dick and him sort of having a plus one. Um, you've got to have a Flash and a Green Lantern. Probably mm-hmm. no surprise that I want the Wally West Flash and the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Um, not just because those are my favorite versions of those characters, but also because, again, Grant Morrison's JLA, they started off, they couldn't stand each other, and then by the end, they were really close friends. Mm-hmm. And i do not not sure they've said word one to each other since Wally West came back in the current comics. Mm-hmm. So it's been like... S- 10 years almost since mm-hmm. those characters have interacted and I really miss that. So I'd love to have them in Justice League together again. Um, number six, uh, this is where you would normally put Aquaman in there, but I think it would be fun. Jeff Johns in Brightest Day and then recently in, in Rebirth, it was happening a little bit too. Um, they've toyed with having Mira in there instead of Aquaman. And awesome. I always thought that was interesting because she's got a similar power set, but different enough. And the way that she would operate in a team setting is very different than the way he would operate mm-hmm. in a team setting. And just having someone in there who maybe everybody would expect to to behave one way just because, <laughs> well, you're you're the aqua person, right? But right. she handles things completely differently. Mm-hmm. And so it would sort of like lend it a bit of a new interesting team dynamic. Mm-hmm. So I would have her in there as Aqua Woman, which is a name they sort of toyed with. Toyed with maybe calling her at one point but then they're like no she's just Mira right but you're going to be on the team you kind of have to have a name and I think it'd be cool to kind of have her step on step up and become like a true equal to that mantle you know and then for seven the the seventh slot I think one thing that Grant Morrison did great was he had Kyle Rayner in there who was a rookie superhero and you got to see him grow over the course of the story so I think it's over the course of his whole arc so I, I think that it's cool to have in a team setting when you've got so many vet because all these characters are pretty much veterans. I mean, mm-hmm. even if you've got Tim Drake tagging along, he's been a superhero for like a third of his life at this point, right? Yep. Um, but you want to have somebody a little, little younger, someone who can have like a growth arc over the course of the thing and also someone who can maybe make mistakes and learn from them. You want to have a younger character. I toyed with maybe like have having Terry McGinnis come back from the future or something, but then you've got half the team is bat people and so maybe that's a little much so i picked blue beetle jaime reyes to have Mm -hmm. to have in there a little bit of diversity and also he's probably like the most popular most fan favorite new young character that dc's introduced in the past 20 years i would say um the only the only thing that makes me not like 100 percent on board with that pick is that he's been around now for long enough that even though he is like a young character, I feel like he's not really a rookie anymore because he was introduced like 15 years ago. You know what yeah. I mean? So even though they haven't really aged him up very much, I feel like at this point he kind of knows what he's doing. And so he's not quite the rookie, but I couldn't really think of some, maybe you could think of someone better suited. Um, I thought like, well, would you have like John Kent or something in, in like the, you know, in yeah. like the, the rookie role or somebody like that? But I don't know. Um, 
I mean, that would be interesting too, but he's off in the Legion now, so I'm not sure that I would really want to break that up. But anyway, so that's my pick. So Superman, Dick Grayson, Batman, plus Red Robin, Tim Drake, Wonder Woman, Wally West, Flash, Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern, Aquawoman, Blue mm-hmm. Beetle. Well. And again, if I had to expand that more, I would say like, yeah, Black Lightning should probably be in there. You know, you should have maybe put Midnight or an Apollo in there for mm-hmm. like, you know, not just for representation because those are great characters and it would be super interesting to see how someone like Midnight or kind of gets reined in exactly. with a more family-friendly Justice League environment, you know? Yeah. Um, or like, you know, you want to have maybe like a wild card character. So it would be fun to have someone like, well, what if for some reason they need to have Harley Quinn there or something like that? You know, like Hilarious. that's a little off the wall, but I mean, if she can be in the Suicide Squad, yeah, you know. So well, anyway, let me see. Let me see if I can uh, come up with seven on the fly because I honestly I would push all of my chips in the table in the center of the table and make it an all female Justice League. And here's my lineup, and I and I don't want it to be like, oh, this is an interesting alt version of everything. Nope, screw that. Let's reboot it and seriously take these women seriously. Um, so I would put Supergirl. She would be kind of like she has her experience as a superhero. But if you were looking for a newbie slot, that's what she would bring to the table because she this would be a, her graduation. Basically, this would be her being taken seriously and um, and given the chance to lead. There was a little in, there was, in a broader there was sense. A brief period right before the new 52 where James Robinson did something where he basically took it was like. It was the Justice League, but none of the none of the heavy hitters, but he's the Trinity. And so like they were being led by Yep. It was Supergirl, Dick Grayson, Batman, and Donna Troy. Yep. So they were sort of like the Trinity. And so Supergirl was in there, Donna Troy was in there. You know what I mean? So it's yep. kind of their way of having those three mantles, but to have them be the younger characters. Yep. You know. So that's it wouldn't be entirely unprecedented, but yeah, like in this current continuity, yeah, she's never been at that level. So yeah. I thought about doing something like that, but I feel like I, I just, there's more to be gained by having Superman in there. That's true, but his nature. value, true, but his values are in her as well. His values permeate yeah. the entire Justice League I think there's a ton Justice of interesting stories to be, to be mined and by having her in there. I exactly. just, I couldn't bring myself to not include Superman in there because I feel like I love Superman and he kicked everything off, but is, is so much, it would be so much of a fun part of it. Like seeing him mentor the younger characters in Grant Morrison's JLA run was one of the things I loved about it most, you know, yep. and I wouldn't want to lose that. But yeah, I, I think having Supergirl, and again, if I were to expand it to 14 or 15 and in, in one, and include more female characters, I think that, yeah, like in Supergirl, Donna Troy, Vixen, maybe those, those are I, people that I Vixen is my number two. Yeah. Vixen is is in the lineup for me. She brings the entire animal kingdom to it. Let me see if I can, can I guess who you're, how many do you have, do you have a number in mind yet? Because I'm curious. Well, I'm going for number seven. I'm going for seven. Do you want me to see how many of your seven I I can guess now that you've told me they're all going to be female characters? No? No, because then I'm I'm on a roll here. I'm thinking and and I don't want you to influence the rest of my thinking. I'm sort of going off the cuff. You had time to prepare. I'm guessing, well, I'm going to guess what? I'm guessing Zatanna is going to be in there. Just because she would lend a whole magical flair to things. It's always nice to have like, oh, this is the space character. This is the detective character. character. This is the magic character. I'm really sorry that I don't remember. I'm garbage with names and I haven't read enough issues. But the the Green Lantern from Far Sector, I would put her in there too. Oh, interesting. Yep. Yeah. Because she brings the space element. She brings the ties to the intergalactic intergalactic environment. Or just have Jessica Cruz in there also, which would not be unprecedented. Right. There you go. She was in Justice League before. So if anything, she'd be one of the more senior members. I actually wanted two Green Lanterns. 
interns in there because the international intergalactic mm-hmm. community is actually a lot broader and bigger. And well, it they needs... d- didn't they do that in the in the? I would like I both. This, of them these in aren't there. criticisms. This is just me like saying all all of these things are are good ideas because some of them have been tried before. But didn't didn't early in Rebirth Simon and Jessica were both like they yes, were both they were. in there they at were. the same time. And mm-hmm. sometimes it'd be one, not the other. Sometimes it would be both. But yeah, that's having two of them in there at the same time is a, is a cool. I like I, I like that. That's why I had Dick and Tim, right? Because I think it's interesting. You have two people in there who seemingly would fill the same slot. Yeah, but not really. But, but when but then you put them in different situations and see how they handle things differently. And maybe yep. sometimes they step on each other's toes. Maybe sometimes one rises to the occasion more than the other because of their particular background or personality. Right. And that's interesting and revealing for characters. I yeah. also picked uh, Mira. So mm-hmm. so so far we've got. Um, who's in my lineup? Supergirl. We said, um, sorry, the second person was. You said Supergirl, Vixen. Vixen. Batwoman. Yep, Batwoman for sure, because she thinks differently. She's got the whole Bat Family angle thing Joe figured out. From, but also, uh, I really Sector. like her. Yep, Joe from Far Sector and, and also Jessica Cruz. So mm-hmm. we're up to. So that's five, right? Five, yeah. Um, who else did I pick? Um, oh, it's in there. It's in there. Mira. She's oh, yeah, she's definitely yeah. she's definitely there. And for my seventh pick, um, you want a speedster in there? You want to say like Jesse Jesse Quick or something like no, that? No, you know who I wanted? I want Avery in there. Oh, cool! From the Jessica. That's Academy? who I want yeah, because she, she, she's she, also got the rookie angle. Kind of be your, you got a lot of rookies. <laughs> I do. I have some rookies. Your but Green not, Lantern's kind of a rookie also. One of my Green One Lanterns Green is, Lanterns and the other is not. So honestly, like Batwoman is a good mentor. Um, I mean, mm. it was a toss up also. <laughs> No, she is. She's she a veteran. Is. I'm not but sure that's how another good a mentor thing. she'd be. But that's another thing is that she needs to work yeah, on that. that would be and that would yeah. be interesting to read about. People would assume that she's got a, people would assume exactly. that she's gonna be the bat. Right? And you're also wearing the, you're wearing the bat. Like like how And people, this is where Mira the diplomat steps yeah. in because she's got her own way of doing things as a queen and her own experience. But she's also got some diplomatic experience and she also, in some ways, is a rookie because she hasn't led it, like she's had a full leadership in a team environment. Before. Right, she's always been exactly, a loner. exactly. So even, that's even, even working Aquaman, within a team is what she has Aquaman to learn. Aquaman poses Same like a loner for, a lot of the time, but he's actually been a team player for most of his career, whereas Mira hasn't. So. Right, but also uh, Batwoman has to learn about diplomacy and and yeah. the value well, the, of of trying to be diplomatic and also um, in that yeah, leadership she's capacity. Like, yeah, she definitely does things on she's her got own. A bit, she's got a fair amount of team experience. She what, does, what of course. With, um, the, you know the Gotham nights for a while and right. other things and just sort of by general by dint of operating in gotham but one of the things and in the, the army well yeah sure her yeah, army she's training very much i mean team, that's very much but a team she player, got kicked but... out for not being able to toe the line you know what i mean but yeah. not, i mean not her fault she made the right no. choice but yeah. <laughs> she got t- kicked out for putting her own pride right. her own i mean values there are definitely many units, many so. stories of her uh just you know beating uh, dancing to the beat of her own drum and that's of value but finding striking a better balance is something that she can work on one of the cool things about having her in there and one of the things i loved about again grant morrison's jla run is when the big seven weren't around everybody would look to steal and he'd yeah. be like why are you looking like i'm not i'm really and everyone's like you're wearing the s right and he'd yeah. be like okay i guess i've got to step up now right yep. it's just mm-hmm. you wear that exactly. symbol and there's expectations so people would yep. be looking at her and expecting her to have all the answers to be able to solve every problem yep. to be to be able to assemble strategies at a moment's notice and she'd be like i'm not i'm not good at any of those things yeah. you know like I'm, yeah. I'm a good fighter i'm a i'm a good tactician but mm-hmm. i'm no i'm no detective i'm no you know what i mean people would be assuming that of her and so it'd be interesting to see maybe fall back more on so maybe more of that role would fall back on like on your green lanterns who mm-hmm. are who exactly. are crime solvers more than 
really any of the other people on especially your team are, i know. mean especially you reminded me her name joe joe she she was a cop she was a, de- she was a detective yeah. and so she was sent to that planet to um you know do some thinking as well as some you know crowd control or whatever else that they told her to do so i mean you know you've got experience coming from different places and all of this woven together could really really be for a very entertaining read mm-hmm. i'm not sure there's ever been an all female Justice League before. About time. The, the closest I can think of is when Dwayne McDuffie was writing the comic and he had he didn't have a single white male on the team. Mm. It was like it was the the Jason Rush version of Firestorm. It was John Stewart, it was Vixen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Zatanna and Dr. Light were in there too. So you had w- Zatanna is white. So you had like one white character and yeah. everyone else was black or Asian or something and that was you know, noteworthy for the time, but I don't think there's ever been like an off. I think there's been versions. There's been versions of the teams where there's been more women than men, mm-hmm. although relatively rarely. But I don't think there's ever been an all all woman team. Yep. Well, that's that's. If you wanted another rookie, you could maybe say like, maybe promote someone from Steve Orlando's um, Justice League of America run, like uh, like Frost or Aztec, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Yeah. I I, I kind of like I toyed with the idea of having a fish out of water kind of character. Like I said, like bringing back. Terry McGinnis from the future or bringing back yeah, like having a time-stranded legionnaire or someone tra- lost from another world in the multiverse. Right. So you could have like a female Flash or something from a different Earth that was stranded here or something like that. Yeah. Like, and having to figure out how our, our world worked. Like it's always fun to have people with different perspectives on the team, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, but that's a good, no, that's that's a good lineup. I would I would say that you'd got, you know, maybe for the, for the, um, the one thing that I would of say, two, two Green Lanterns, I would maybe say like put Zatanna in there or something like that for was it, for some more magical firepower. Right? But. Yeah, I know it's kind of hard because also the I was thinking about this the detective agency thing. Like Batman is an incredible detective, and as as competent as Joe is at being a, a cop, um, she didn't really have to do a whole lot of detective. Yeah, work, she doesn't you know? read so as she's like not the best like the, investigator. Like she was yeah. a beat cop. Yeah, I mean, Seemingly. there's no. There's, and now she's been put in charge of this whole. This the whole level, planet, the level of of detective uh, cleverness um, by Batman and by uh, Mister Terrific, like that, is definitely not on my team. You could but, include the Ms. Terrific, right? The alternate. I know. Mr. Terrific I from thought the about that. Don't think that I didn't think about that. Um, but I thought that I would play fair and do. <laughs> I didn't even so do that on purpose. Wow, it just came to me. Um, and and just stay within the uh, the our universe that we most commonly read in, instead of plucking people out of alternate universes. So that's that's also another consideration. I don't know, because um, eventually she went back home anyway. So we are mo- commonly we are talking about the characters that we most commonly read about. And so since she went back home, I just figured, oh, she's not even sticking around in this universe so she went back home anyway that's my reasoning yeah that's good yeah if we were expanding to 14 characters maybe we should do that next week <laughs> then I'll, i will add uh michael holt and batman back to the roster but you put some men in there yeah i'd put some men in there after that but seriously but i'd make them take second chairs so they shut up and let women do the most of the work <laughs> well and if i were to expand i'd include a lot of a lot of other characters too that weren't i mean i've got i've got two women and Jaime Reyes is Hispanic and Kyle Rayner is actually half Hispanic, although that doesn't come up. He's half Irish, half Hispanic. I also considered often, Ryan Choi, too, because he's like in, he's like at an intermediate level um, right now. Like he was a noob when we were reading about him, but now he's he's a competent superhero in his own right. And I would love to see more from him, too. And he's such a um, like a, a positive 
person and I think that he would make a really good addition to it but again I went with the no guys team yeah so. I mean I, I think also like I mean one of my favorite versions of the team is the Justice League Unlimited version where basically like the writers could use whatever characters they wanted from like the entire DC universe because everybody was in the Justice League but I figured like that would be cheating but I, ideally everybody's a Justice League but I mean Grant, Grant Morrison even kind of did that where he had like a rotating chair basically where yeah. every every story would have a guest star like in, in the first the first story he did after they expanded the team Catwoman showed up and saved the day and then there was one where although I think Mark Wade wrote this next one where Adam Strange came in and one where um, the Spectre showed up and on Sandman or whoever you know so I think that that's and I thought like oh should we have somebody from like the fourth world right but yeah Morrison did such a good job with having I feel like oh put Mr. Miracle in there because everybody loves Mr. Miracle yeah. these days but <laughs> You know, it would have to be, if I would put a Mr. Miracle in there, it would have to be Tom King's Mr. Miracle, like the one who doesn't really want to do anything and just wants to like, he's growing his beard out and he just wants to like sit on the couch and play with his kid or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I'm okay with that. He'd Everybody be, he'd, deserves but he'd, a good But he'd retirement. have to be there for some reason. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that would be fun. But yeah. yeah, I think that we would have to drag Batwoman into this setup, kicking and screaming, because she definitely is like, no, I, I work alone. Yeah, I wear the symbol, but I work been, alone. Interesting. Has she ever been on any Justice League team? The only thing I can think of was when James Robinson was taking over. He did a miniseries called Cry for Justice, and she was one of the characters on the cover. Like, she was going to be in the team, but then I think editorial messed around with his plans or something, and she showed up as a guest star, but she never actually joined. Right. Um, I think that's the closest she's ever come to being. I don't think she's ever been a regular in any book that had Justice League in the title. Even if you want to like really look at like, well, Justice League Dark or, you know, Justice League Odyssey or Justice League Task Force or Extreme Justice or Justice League Europe. You know, like I don't think she's ever been in any of those. So, yeah, she would be definitely the the rookie for the in the team setting. Yep. Yeah. Good yep. picks. Thanks. Okay. So should we move on to our shows? Mm -hmm. So we've got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, uh, Harley Quinn season finale Stargirl and then the season premiere of Doom Patrol ready so Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this was another fun one amazing it's fun to continue to see Sousa in these situations yeah. they're in the 70s now so we get the cool 70s mm -hmm. opening title sequence where they say the names of all the so actors so good um, and it's it's like on or slightly orange tinted film grain treated uh, yeah, opening credits so good they, they kept the grain going for a while but it yeah. wasn't for the whole episode i was no. like is it just in the exteriors because when they were in the zephyr it was not no there was no grain yeah i noticed that too it might have also been i'm not sure if they actually shot on film or if they used one of the modern techniques of like adding it in post because you, you can, can basically add, add a filter that makes y it look like grain yeah it didn't look it looked pretty authentic to me though but i'm I, my eye isn't necessarily as trained yeah it was fun and then um what's his name the tick Shows up for uh, give me give me a second. Joe from Family Guy and the and AKA the Tech shows up as as the Shield general with the mustache who. Uh, oh who right! Oh yes, Patrick Warburton. That's his name. Yeah. Um, who is who was <laughs> who the recorded who, who was the, the hologram from the, last yeah. season for mm -hmm. the Lighthouse and now he's there in person. Yeah, that was fun. See him again. Yeah, Enoch. They find Enoch again. Yeah, mm -hmm. they run this... afoul of they run afoul of um, super I old. Said Terrence Malick. That's not right. Gideon Malick. No, Fred Freddie Malick. Yeah. <laughs> Wilfred Malik. Wilfred Malik. You'll take, you'll take um, Wilfred Malik. Pretty, for pretty bad old age makeup. Yeah. Uh, shows up. Yeah. Zeke shoots him. Yep. But then they've got Max' parents in a, like a little cell in the yeah. White House, so they can't flood the lighthouse. Yeah. It, it was a, it was a good episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The Chronicons are stepping up their game because they're messing with uh, yeah, history they're messing now. With the timeline now. So he shouldn't have been alive. He was. His son shouldn't have been alive. He was. Now we are trying to figure out his deal. Like was. 
was this is this a good guy or a bad guy? Well, like we don't know anything about him. Out, and now he's knocking out. He knocked out, out Susa and, and uh, almost called her Sky. Still, it's been like yeah. five years, and I still can't shake that. Quake. Uh, da- Daisy, yeah, Daisy, and he's calling up Reed Diamond at the end there in prison to uh, to ask to, for his no to call for to call uh, what's his name White House's um, yeah Whitehall Reed Diamond Whitehall's. yeah oh haha. Uh-huh. Um, well, it's not a joke. That's the name of the actor. He's calling Reed, Reed Diamond from from Dollhouse, and then like season three of Agents of Shield, I think it was Daniel Whitehall mm-hmm. uh, to find it if because that was his whole deal was trying to like you know, dissect. That's yeah. what he did with with Daisy's mother, right? Yeah, like, he was dissecting them to try to figure out what made them tick mm-hmm. and whether the powers could be transferred. Yep. Although he himself was immortal somehow already, right? I'm trying to. I don't remember. That's exactly because he stole. He, he stole her powers. Her? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. That's he stole her yeah. powers. Yeah. And so, you know, he was able to regenerate so as I well. So it wouldn't surprise me if we see him in the next episode or two. Because mm-hmm. the final seasons, they love to trot out, you know. So yeah. we got Patrick Warburton and, and Vera Gojach already. And, you know, yep. we'll get, we're going to get more, I'm sure. Um, so Harley Quinn, season finale. This one was The Runaway Bridesmaid. So we don't know if this is going to be the final episode ever or whether they're going to get renewed. They haven't gotten renewed yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, it's so such this, a good this show. This could work as a series finale if it had to. Yeah. You know, if you want to see it as like two 13-episode arcs and this was the this was the conclusion so yeah the the wedding the wedding doesn't does happen. not go well I, I'm, I think they handled it well though from again you know as my role as the cartoon kite man stand, <laughs> i think they handled it well where i think it had to be her it had to be him dumping her yeah it did or else it would have she if she had if she had just left him at the altar to go be with harley i feel like it would be hard to get on board with that because you'd feel too sorry for him because mm-hmm. he's such a sad sack character as it is yeah but if it's a moment where he kind of steps up and stands up for himself just a little bit standing up for himself isn't really right because it's not like she ever really she didn't really disrespect him or mistreat him really but that's not the that's not the same thing it's not fighting back stand up for yourself it's a acknowledge that you are worthy stand up for yourself and that's what he did here yeah and it's not like but again it's not like she was really mistreating him but no but he he could tell that they weren't on the same page necessarily so it and it was handled really well it was written well it was acted well where he kind of like you know I, I know that you care about me, but not enough, basically. Right. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna go and find someone who does, and you guys can you know do your thing, and yep. you know because I I deserve better than being, you know, than you, Second fiddle, than you yeah. being with me because you feel obligated to or whatever. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. No. It if was you're handled, not in a hundred percent, then yeah, it was I handled well. And then they that. they drive off and they get their their Thelma and Louise moment. <laughs> yeah. And they say that if they are gonna, if they do get renewed, then they're going to be a couple in the next season, and they're not going to inject a lot of melodrama about, oh, are they going to break up? Is this going to be the end of the relationship? Right. There's like, not going to be a will they, be, won't they're they? Gonna be there's... A sol- they're going to be a solid couple, and there will be, you know, challenges thrown at them. Now that they're together, it's just, it's, it's going to be a just cha- like with their friendship, a challenging yeah. relationship. Mm-hmm. But you're never going to doubt that they're going to work it s- out. You know, work it out by the end of the episode, and, which is and stick together. Yeah, which is, I like that, and I appreciate that nice they thought of that. You don't have to already. say that ahead of time, no, but, but I feel like nice you also did. don't want the fans to feel like, you know, especially the ones that are invested in it or invested in this as like a gay relationship or whatever. That you don't want the fans thinking that they're going to get the rug pulled out from under them. Yeah. at any moment, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of. And I feel like they, it's kind of, you know, what it reminds me a little bit of is the whole uh, Stamets Culber thing in Star Trek Discovery, where even after they killed him, they're like, ah, oh, it's not the end of their story. Don't right, worry. Yeah. Like, it's like, why are you saying, you know what I mean? Honestly, the because. Well, was... in that case, it's because they were getting destroyed on the internet exactly, by people who were like, why. how dare you kill off like the first kid character in Star Trek? That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. 
So yeah, you so answered kinda, your own they question. They, didn't, they sort of had in, to. In this case, I feel like they're kind of getting out ahead of it. In that case, it was like I feel like it was more reactionary. Not that their not that their heart wasn't in the right place in that right. in that case. Also, they were just trying to tell a story, and they knew they were going to bring them back. They knew they, they knew the story was going to have a happy ending, but they yeah, probably should have been a little bit. They probably should have um, signposted that more a bit more. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, Somehow yeah. have something in the episode that shows that maybe he might some part of him might still linger in the mycelial network or whatever. But but now we're talking about discovery. Yeah, it was yeah. Yep. It was a great great season. I hope that they do agreed, more. Agreed. Agreed. But was I, so if good. they haven't would... even gotten renewed yet, if they haven't gotten word yet, then, mm-hmm. you know, with the lead time of animation, we used to talk about this all the time with Young Justice. Even if they get renewed tomorrow, it'll be like a year and a half. I would happily watch this all over again. This was such a great series. This was a really really well done so so such tight writing it was really really compact it was i mean the acting is amazing i just really love the the tightness and the the polish on this show it's really well done i will happily watch it again because i know that i would enjoy those same jokes again so Mm -hmm. hopefully let's put that on the docket for summer so doom patrol season Mm -hmm. premiere fun size patrol yeah so they're all shrunk the end of the last season. So yep. the whole thing is they're shrunk. They're trying to deal with their situation. They all hate the chief now because they discovered that he lied to them and was responsible for all of their conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy's there now. We mm-hmm. get a little, we get a sense of what her deal is, you yep. know, where she's been, who she is, what she can Some do. Some of her backstory. Yeah. The what, fact that she's immortal What her ability, as a child. Well, everybody on the show is immortal. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of strange to have she inherited it a 90-year-old. That's what we but were talking she, about offline. Why would she stop aging like, at 11? Is that's what question. I'm saying. Yeah. Well, there's going to need to be some discussion there, I'm sure. I've seen, I think in trailers, a scene where it looks like the chief sits everybody down and explains why he's so old. Yeah. So I imagine it's him sitting everybody down and explaining like, this is this is why I'm so old. This is who Dorothy's mother was. This yeah. is where she came from. This is what her deal is. So maybe we'll get some answers in that scene. And I'm thinking, like I'm retconning in my head, but he had to he had to basically imprison her for 90 years. So maybe the realm well, we in don't which know he that. imprisoned. We don't know that. We're yeah, we su- did. Well, we saw we saw him find her decades ago, and then we saw her in the present. We don't know how long she's been in there. Yes, we do. For, this is I'm picking up because um this was um. Beardman's episode, Ugh, bleh, the beard eater or mm-hmm. whatever. In that episode, somewhere there was a little line dropped that this um, that somebody was imprisoned, and we all thought that it was going to be his wife, but we didn't know until that episode that it was actually his daughter. Mm, it was I my daughter, and he said something to yeah. the effect of, "They've been in there for yeah, ninety you're, years." You're probably right. I hadn't gone back and and um, and then they reiterated in this episode, but I don't with know later information. But yeah, if that was supposed to be her, then you're right. I I'm, I don't remember that well enough to know whether you're whether you're correct about that or not. But yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that that'll be. If if so, I'm sure that'll be. Discussed, yeah 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 we'll see yeah. i mean it's a it's a crazy show and i continue to enjoy it i mean jane is following whew, she's she's dealing with it hard each of them is dealing with it in a different way um rita is kind of not talking to him she's also trying to expand on her own powers and actually gain control of her own body which is great i love that i love that she's ready to sort of take charge in her own destiny um i like that vic is trying to help her do that um, I like that Vic's nightmares, uh, all the stuff that he's been repressing and not really dealing with. Um, he he knows what he's thinking, but he's trying not to deal with it because it, it, he doesn't really know how. I like that that's a point um, that he has to deal with. And I like how Cliff is <laughs> punching out rats. And I like how 
because he's angry and that's all he can do. And I like Jane's journey of, you know, she just, as she phrased herself to be a messed up girl, um, that's, she's doing messed up drugs, you know, because that's what she can do. So I don't, it's just interesting to see how each of them cope with the anger and the betrayal and the resentment that they felt for several weeks. And now we'll see where it goes from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we've got Stargirl. Yeah. So this one was Shiv Part 1. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I like that. I'm still... Hmm. So we got some backstory on Cindy and her deal and the fact that she's the only child of the Injustice League that knows what's going on. And she feels lonely. She also is in the very much in the trappings of being a teenager, but she's also paying for being such a bastitch <laughs> to everybody around her. She's starting to lose friends who are starting to sort of stand up for themselves in the I don't need this way. Um, and I like that she's sort of getting her comeuppance there and it's humbling. It's a little bit humbling. But at the same time, she's regressing because now she has all this these powers and she's going to, you know, punch out Stargirl and Stargirl gets her butt whooped in a fight which is good a good lesson for her as well and then we have Shining Knight up here Mm -hmm. which was great um I still took issue with the fact that Cindy didn't wear a mask when she was fighting and I and now you know but I also wonder did she hear uh Pat calling for Courtney. Yeah, I wondered if they were going to leave that ambiguous or if they were going to have a shot of like Pat running up to her and then it cuts to like Cindy peering around the corner like, oh. still watching and you can tell that she knows. Yeah. Now. Um, yeah. It, the way that she ran without turning back, I think I lean towards that she didn't hear. Or, yeah, that she didn't connect to it. I mean, she might have heard. She might have heard somebody coming. Well, would she even know who Pat is? And even if she did, right. the fact that he's calling up for Courtney, like would she necessarily... Put two and two together. Two and two. I mean, if she stayed she long might enough, do later. If she, if she stayed long yeah. enough to watch him running up to her and cradling her, then yes. But if he just heard a voice calling for Courtney, that doesn't left, tell you like, anything. That doesn't yeah. tell her anything. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards that she wouldn't know, but I think she'll probably find out by the end because it kind of seems like something they have to do. Is to and have Shining Knight recognized Stripesy. Yeah. So that was interesting, and I'm sure that Shining Knight knew who he was saving somehow because she picked up uh, his mop. At some point when Cindy was being mean and sort of knocked it down or, or however that was handled. Um, and I think that he knew who he was saving. I don't know what Shining Knight's deal is in this incarnation. Um, the only couple things that I know about him were from the Justice League cartoon where he was like two episodes and four lines all some total you know so you don't really get a sense for his character and you told me sort of what his deal is well but you got a pretty good sense for his character in the in the you know one, he in the one which is basically the seven soldiers episode where uh-huh um where they go up against um the, oh, was it the, Faust? the general no it no, was uh one. jk simmons uh general eiling and the shaggy man and this big shaggy man right because he took the Serum. Basically the super soldier serum and turned himself into a big monster and they fought him and Amanda Waller was there. And, and there was an old lady who was voiced by the same actress as Amanda Waller, but it wasn't Amanda Waller. And, it's funny. Yeah, so that one had Stargirl, Stripe, Shining mm-hmm. Knight, Vigilante, um, Green Arrow, Crimson Avenger, and Speedy, the seven soldiers. Right. So yeah, I don't think we're going to get all those characters in this show because I'm pretty sure they're not going to have Green Arrow show up for yeah, one thing. Yeah. But we've already got Stargirl and Stripe, Shining Knight. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me if we see... Um, 
vigilante vigilante i think could fit into this show fairly mm-hmm. well like the classic vigilante with you know the hat and the bandana over his face and the motorcycle yeah. and the six shooters mm-hmm. um they could do crimson avenger too crimson avenger is in dc is often like within the universe is often credited as being like the first superhero because actually in the comics the crimson avenger pre- was kind of like pre- the shadow well he predated he yeah. predated superman um, mm-hmm. in as you know because superman wasn't the first character the dc published yeah sure crimson avenger before superman wasn't really what you would call a superhero he was more of like a mystery man right the word superhero didn't exist until superman right was it was always man. like was, a pi yeah. who kind of puts a mask on and does yeah, other he was, stuff yeah he wasn't even like the shadow he was like more like the green hornet he wore a trench coat and a, and a mask and a, mm-hmm. and a fedora yeah but he was more like you know it was yeah. the green hornet except red instead of green basically right yeah um and then later, after Superman and superheroes blew up, they transformed him into a superhero-type character. Sure. But, to um, include him, yeah. But yeah, those were the members of the Seven Soldiers. So yeah, they, they could have him show up. I mean, they could have Crimson Avenger show up and say, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, this was the first superhero, and he's like a much older guy mm-hmm. or something. Brainwave Jr. is also getting his powers, which will be interesting. Yeah. He uh, he might wake up his dad. And also, um, uh, Icicle Jr. asked out... Star Girl to the dance. So mm-hmm. that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, just going off of the comics and also a little bit the Young Justice cartoon, I would have expected Icicle Jr. to be the one that's sort of like a snot nosed punk. Yeah. And Brainwave Jr. to be the one that's a bit more sensitive. Yeah. Although he was, he's had his flirtations with the dark side too in the comics, but ultimately he was, he was a good guy. Yeah. Um, so they've kind of inverted that here. I mean, maybe. Maybe Cameron will become an evil icicle villain also, but he certainly doesn't seem like he's trending that way right now. But who knows? Maybe if, you know, maybe if his father dies at the end of the season, yeah. right, tragically, then mm-hmm. next season he'll swear revenge. And I don't know. I'm just, I, this is getting yeah, kind of CW just, melodrama-y in my yeah. head. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's very exciting. I love the show. It continues to be wonderful. Okay, so if you want to reach out, we have an email address, mailbag at smartspodcast.com. Our Twitter handle is at smartspodcast. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash smartspodcast. And our website is www.smartspodcast.com. How about a funny sound for us? I don't have one. Um, how about pew pew Ooh. from the Crimson Avenger? <laughs>